the silent generations You send our hearts to die alone in foreign nations They may return to us as tiny drops of rain But we will still remain podcast audience. Welcome back to round three of our mashup series from season one. We hope you've enjoyed the boundaries ones that we launched right before we went into the holidays. And then we launched last week into living out of our own expectations as we go into a new year. This week, we are coming at you with taking care of our emotional health as well as our physical health. Um, This is a very important piece to me. I have a very personal connection to this and I feel like it's an absolute necessity if we're going to be holistically healthy. Um, Our Season one guest, again, had many um, thoughts and ideas and experiences with this as well. So we're going to share those with you this week. We hope it encourages you as you embark on your own holistic health journey. And um, we just just want this to inspire you as you add it to the things that you care about in 2022. So um, we hope you enjoy. Take care and have a great week. I was a high woman and a mother from my youth. For my children, I did what I had to do. Next points we were going to talk about is how we take care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. But I think we've really already addressed that. We've talked about the fact that these things are connected to each other. They're not separate. And so we have to address them together and recognize how those things affect our bodies and not try to um, put them in boxes or compartmentalize them. Would you guys agree with that? Everybody speak up. Definitely. I think that's what I had like thought about previously when thinking about this was like, um, I just don't know if I'll ever define one probably without the other. And I think even more so recently, because like, uh, I think I never took into account my emotional health as an athlete type of thing. Mm -hmm. And no one ever asked. Um, cause you're just like, it's kind of goes back to the like valid reasons for leaving work or whatever is also like valid reasons for leaving practice or, um, that type of thing. And so I think more so than anything now, it's like just asking myself, like, how do I feel? How does my body feel? Where's my energy level at? And Kylie and I have dealt with this with our like health issues too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then going from there in terms of what emotional health looks like and into physical health, because a lot of times they are intertwined. So like the emotional health might like a lot more lately looks like longer walks or lighter workouts type of thing um, and tied with emotional health. Or it looks like I need a break today and I don't really feel like moving all that much and I don't have to. And I like feel kind of good about that decision versus like, I will feel worse if I make myself do go on a two mile run or something like that. Yeah, And so it's just included a lot more checking in, I think. Yeah. Really good point. Kai, do you have something? I was just going to piggyback off of that. I had a really terrible experience last weekend. And so this week it's really shown up in my body and I'm normally a like movement every day kind of gal in some form or the other. And I like to, I like to do intense workouts because most of the time it really helps my emotional body and it really helps endorphins. Um, I've actually had a week this week though, where, um, I've come out of intense workouts more anxious. And so I've actually had to stop highly intense workouts and I like four days of yoga Um, and then like two days of more intense maybe, but it's normally a little more the other side. And so I think part of integrating emotional health and physical health is like losing kind of the stigma around what physical health is in terms of like an arbitrary number or a scale or however that might look for people or what society says physical health is um, for myself. And then realizing like actually taking care of myself one week can really look like a lot of light movement or like yoga or meditation. That's more focused on working through the emotions in my body than like orange theory, burning calories, like all that jazz. 
um, which is what uh, maybe other weeks it would be the reverse. And so I think I've really like redefined my, my overall definition of health um, mm-hmm. in the sense that it doesn't necessarily mean how I look. I'm trying to decenter appearance-based health and like centralized sensation-based health. So how do I feel after a workout or how do I feel after moving my body and how can I best um, match the movement that I have set for that week with the way that my body is responding to the outer world? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I would definitely love what Courtney and Kylie are saying. And I'm just a one-off, but I believe I'm on this journey now where I believe that you truly can't be physically healthy if you're not emotionally healthy. And that's just the journey I've been on, um, starting to into therapy, starting to really deal with, understand my feelings, establish boundaries, do the self-care, um, has led to, I think the secondary thing. Yes. I've lost 65 pounds in the last year, but I wouldn't be there without starting to address my emotional health. I am 100%, 100%. in belief of that, that I wouldn't be where I am nearly a year later if I hadn't started dealing with my emotional health. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I wouldn't have been in the ER in September of 2019 if I was emotionally healthy. I mean, I talked about that in the first episode, um, quite a bit and there's just no question, um, that they're connected. And I think that what I love about our family is, and really led by our daughters is that we found that journey and understand that connectivity there. Bug, did you have any thoughts before we move on to the next topic? Yeah, the only thing I would say is I remember like this concept of like what is emotional health was really foreign to me when I first started hearing it. So just like bare bones basics that was like helpful um, was like validate, validate, validate how you're feeling. Ask yourself how you're feeling. Write it down. I think what was crazy for me is when I first started um, dating my partner, Tim, now it was this really crazy revelation that like, Oh, okay. Not only like before I could just feel how I'm feeling and not have to tell anyone about it. I mean, I was feeling it and I was going to project it on people because your emotions go somewhere. So they come out whether or not, you know, they're coming out. (laughs) Um, but no one's really holding you accountable to that because they're not seeing you all the time. And then all of a sudden you start doing life with this other person. And it's like, Oh, Oh, you mean you want, to hear why I'm acting the way I'm acting. And I have to articulate <laughs> that to you. What? Oh, okay. Hold on. How am I feeling? What are my options? Um, so I think seriously, Google, like it was so helpful to me. I just Googled an emotions, uh, like words, feelings chart. I would spend five minutes. This is five minutes of my day, either at lunch, at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, pick three of those emotions, write down why. And then just leave it. Like, you don't even have to do anything beyond that unless you want to take it a step further and ask like, and now what do I need based on those emotions? But I think really bare bones, how do you start investing your emotional health? Like people, like, I mean, all of these people are so literate in now how they're feeling and how's that, how's that affecting their bodies and things like that. Um, but the beginning of that process looks simply like name your emotions, validate them. They're not wrong how you feel. You literally can't control it. They are what they are. Um, and then ask yourself maybe like two sentences of why, and then just like sit there and, and feel it, um, is a good place to start. So that's the only other thing I would add is like, if you're starting from ground zero, which I I was at one point, um, like learn to name them and, and, Thousand percent agree. And just I've got ask, my feeling wheels. Yeah, from exactly. when I and don't, my therapy. Yep. And don't feel bad <laughs> if you've got a little goes up because we've been told in our culture that emotions and feelings are bad or a negative thing, and they're our friends. They're they're how we know things are going on with us. But and so we really have to dispel that lie um, about that. And but because we are in a culture where that hasn't been celebrated or discussed, a lot of us, I, I would say, for much of my life. I, I didn't even know how to describe what I was feeling. So yeah, physical health and emotional health are so connected to one another. Um, and this is something that I only first started to understand um, when I started to take my emotional health seriously, which mm-hmm. I would say was probably my sophomore year of college 
um, which was when I started working with a nonprofit mental health organization called I Am Acceptance. Mm. And this really was about um, empowering young people to really take control of their mental health and, you know, and to really talk about it. And that's where I started to understand, okay, my emotional health is so, my emotional health, my mental health is so important, right? It's so crucial to pay attention to. But even at that moment, I didn't see the connection to my physical health. Yeah. Then a little more down the line, I started paying attention to my physical health. Mm -hmm. And I started noticing, wait a second, the more that I'm taking care of my physical health, the better I'm emotionally feeling. And it just sort of clicked for me of, wait, 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 wait. These things are so connected to the point where I can't just take care of one thing and think that the other thing doesn't need to be taken care of as well. Absolutely. They, they feed off each other. Yes, absolutely. And so really when it came to being uh, in tune with my cycles and realizing, okay, what is it, what is it that I need now? What is it that I, what is it that I'm feeling? Honestly, um, because, uh, one thing that I'll tell you is before we bleed, right. That whole PMS, uh, time. Yes. We may experience physical symptoms that tell us, Hey, something physical may be off. It's coming. (laughs) Right. Honestly, like, (laughs) And it, it is so funny because um, for one example I'll give is I didn't realize how much uh, dairy, the dairy I was eating was mm. impacting me until I was taking a look at my cycle and taking a look at some of the symptoms that I was having. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to cut out dairy, right? For a few months, see how it affects me. I never got those symptoms again. Wow. <laughs> doing that one thing. Wow. So it's, it's paying attention to those physical things, but also during that time, emotionally, a lot comes up for us, mm-hmm. right? Um, if we haven't been setting good boundaries during the month, this is actually the time where we can experience a lot of resentment. We can be a little bit irritated. There's like different things that's going on for us. Yeah. But oftentimes we just think, okay, it's PMS. It just is normal. Yeah. Which again, it is not. So some of the things that I, that I do to really take care of myself is, or take care of my emotional health is really asking myself where I am right now, journaling, talking to mentors like you and getting a good sense of how did I get here? Yeah. And what do I need now? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All. Yes. So many, so many good things there. Um, and again, I, you, if you notice the excitement in my voice, I've gotten to watch her do this. And this has just been the coolest thing because she's going to help so many women with these. And there are things that we just haven't slowed down to pay attention to because we're so busy taking care of everybody and everyone and everything else around us, because that's what the culture has told us that we're supposed to do, which is in direct conflict with actually the culture. You're telling a lie because, and you're actually playing yourself because you're not actually getting the best of us (laughs) by telling us, by feeding us, feeding us that lie that that's how we're supposed to live. Emotional health, as much as our physical health, have, have you, how do you see a tie in with that? Um, I think they are very much like correlated. Um, the first thing honestly that comes to mind is recently what happened with Simone Biles and what she did, um, mm-hmm. a break from, yeah. um, just because like you can be in great physical health, but if your mental health isn't great too, that's like a problem. And that's like a struggle that a lot of, I think like women and necessarily like black women face too. And also black men, um, as well. Um, because mental health is not talked about in the black community and it's not really, um, prioritized and it's looked like down upon, in the black community and I think it needs to be talked about for sure because a lot of people don't really like believe in like mental health as being like 
something to really focus on because you're supposed to just be like, oh, everything is good. Like your life is good. Like what is what's the problem? What's going on when deep down, like there's a lot of people that are struggling and you may not even know, like there's, there's a lot that, you know, people can be going through and people know how to put on a smile on their face and keep doing what they're doing, but deep down they're not okay and not happy. And I think that's one of the things that we, I think as a society need to focus on, especially in the black community is making sure that our mental health is in a really good spot and in a place where we can, um, be like actually okay like 100% okay and not trying to put on a face to make it seem like everything's good and dandy because if it's not then it's not like you you like you know there's there's ways to fix that there's ways to you know um get help with that and i think a lot of people you know shy away from going to therapy and all that stuff just because it's like stigmatized and that's one of the things that i wanted to kind of break through with my um, capstone project. And one of the things that, you know, is being seen today with Simone Biles is, uh, you know, black women not being taken seriously in athletics and being not taken seriously in majority white spaces and, you know, getting shamed for taking a break because their mental health is like not up to par because they can't perform well if, you know, their mental health is not doing well. And, yeah, there's, there's just a lot with like mental health that I think a lot of people need to be uh, into consideration because it also affects like other people too. like if you're not OK, you're going to you know affect your relationships that you have with your family, your friends, significant others and all that stuff. And I mean, I've seen that in my own personal life as well um, with friendships and relationships and, you know, like people both not being OK, like mentally has really affected like everything in the relationships and friendships that I've seen and I've been in and all that stuff. It really takes a toll. And I think a lot more people need to take it seriously and really kind of just really be, I don't know, get, get like, I don't know. It needs to be talked about. So yeah. It's yeah. Just really yeah. yeah. And I think that you brought up a really good point about, um, and I'm going to, I'm asking this as a question because me as a white woman, I, you know, I don't have the same experiences and I can't, I think there's this problem in this country right now where people are making decisions for people that can't have their experiences. I can never have your experience. My, my skin color, <laughs> it's never going to happen. So to assume that I can and assume that I know your story and what you're going through and why black women choose the things you I'm not in that space I need to be learning from you and understanding you so as I ask this question in terms of the mental health in the black community as I look at it I'm like you know you're all just trying to survive a lot of persecution systemic racism and so it's just and I think over generations you've gotten so used to just like we got to survive we got to be sturdy we got to be strong that there's been no space or or freedom to even take the time and consider what that's done to you emotionally. And I don't think it's any accident that when we look at statistics of health, that you see people in the black and brown communities have higher rates of cancer, heart issues, diabetes. This, I'm telling you, this emotional toll, it, it, it takes a toll. You cannot have those just constantly ex stressful experiences and not have it affect you. And it's showing up in these other ways, I would argue. And I think there's a lot of statistics out there to support that. So is that where you think the stigma comes from? Or, or where do you think that comes from in terms of the stigma about mental health in the Black community? Um, it's hard to... I'll, I'll talk about it in my experiences. So yeah. coming from um, an immigrant household, so my Famous from Ethiopia originally. So um, in my household, mental health isn't looked at seriously, like in our culture, just because they just, I wouldn't say it's non-existent. It's just not what I guess older people and older generations are used to. And um, they don't really know about it. It's not, it's not educated. It's not talked about all that stuff. And um, so I think that's one of the things that has an effect on it just because like, it's not talked about and it's not taken seriously and it's not, and people that are older than us is, hasn't, 
um, had that incorporated in their lives, I guess. Cause I would say like now it's more talked about, it's more, I, w- I guess, accepted. It's more, um, kind of like taken seriously. It's, it's more in conversation in like in this generation. So I think in older generations, it's harder to kind of like put in place. Cause I know in my family, I've had some, you know, stubborn people who don't want to learn about like multiple things and don't really want to like, you know, like open up and talk about different things that make people uncomfortable. So I guess it's coming from like a bunch of different places. It's really, really hard to like kind of pinpoint to, cause I haven't done that much research on it, but yeah. Um, yeah. Just based off of my experiences, like it's just the knowledge behind it is very little. And since there isn't a lot of knowledge, it's hard to kind of talk about it. It's hard to kind of like accept and mainly like people really look towards like physical health when everything is all tied together together and like your mental health and your physical health need to be, you know, intertwined and yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, it's very, it's very complex. Yeah, it is. I mean, these people are complex and we tend to be afraid of things we don't understand too. And I think that factors in, and there's also trust issues of like, okay, who's telling you this? Cause I don't know trust them. They haven't taken very good care of me in some of these other spaces. So why should I trust what they're saying about that? I, mean, they, I think those, it's, it is complicated and it's not a one story for everybody, but I, I appreciate you bringing up this topic and being willing to talk about it and embody the melon and does a great job of addressing that. And I, your generation is just so much more willing to have these conversations. And it's so important because the whole reason I started this podcast is so we can have these discussions before people like me are 50 and like, you know what, <laughs> here I am with all of these things that I haven't dealt with for all these years. And this is where it landed me. And you all can be better than that. And I'm so happy to see you being you know, unafraid of those conversations. All right. Okay. So taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. Talk to me about that and what that looks like for you. Oh, that's, that's a tough one for me because yeah. I don't really, I don't really go. I don't, boom, 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 boom. I don't go to that emotional, you know, side often. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of known. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of known as the, you know, stoic one a little bit, you know, I just, um, I, I definitely absorb, you know, things or whatever, but I just, I feel like, like I really can, can filter out, um, you know, what is, is, you know, worth taking my time or, you know, taking that on. Um, and that's probably a lot of my calmness, even keel, because, um, you know, when things happen, I absorb it first. I mean, I do not have that reaction of, ah, you know, or, or whatever, or, um, I did. And, and that's a lot of just what I've been through too. Right. When you take pain or what, I mean, I'll be like, Oh, that, that burned. Um, and, you know, and I, but I don't react to it. I don't feel it. I mean, so it's, um, it's kind of really weird for me in that way. Um, but, uh, so I, 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 I think it's important that you just absorb it first. I mean, everybody's different, right? But don't, I mean, absorb it, process it a little bit before you react to it and in, yeah. in, 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 in your words, you know, and all of that first. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things that's important or that I do um, yeah. be, because that initial reaction can set off you know, everything right in the negative or the positive or whoever that, cause that's what the first thing everybody's going to see or hear. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I focus on that or that's just my personality. Um, so, um, no, I love, yeah. I think it's that healthy, like, okay, let's that ability to step back and be like, okay, what are we going to do with this? And then that helps it to not, well, cause when we have those super emotional, cause I'm the more emotional one for sure. When we have those, and I've really had to work on that super emotional guy. You just, you brought up a great example. You don't know what that's going to ignite in this situation. Um, that it could be avoided if we can just take a step, take a breath, process it, 
come up with a good way to react. And then that really eliminates too the kind of physical reactions we have in our body. If we can step back and process yeah. that. Oh, absolutely. And, and of course, we're seeing that right in social media and in the world, oh. I mean, everywhere that people just don't take that little extra second to think things through or, yeah. you know, to, to, to react to something. It's, it's so instant, you know, um, and I think that could just change so much if people just take that breath um, and absorb what's coming in before they, you know, send something out. Yeah. For sure. So, um, taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. I, I know that you believe this. I believe this. They're tied together. If we are not taking care of things and our emotional health, it, it's going to affect our, it's going to show up physically in some way. Talk 100%. about that journey for you. 100%. You know, I think, and for me, even in like just being in my head and the worry and the, I mean, I'm so much better. I talk to my husband, my, my new perfect husband, his name is Mr. Good. I get to be the good wife. That when I saw that when you guys got married, was it a year ago? Two? It was two, two and a half. I don't know. 19, April 2019. Okay. Okay. I miss is good now, the good wife. Yes. So I'm new to him, and I'm like, oh, if you would have seen me 20 years ago, dude. <laughs> this is a new approved version. <laughs> but I mean, I used to, you know, the mental health and the worry. I mean, I used to have ulcers. I used, you know, I didn't even tie it. And for now, I'd say it's food and taking care of your body and how you feed your spirit and who you let pour into you. Like I have this talk on, I don't know if it's on my free with e website, but it's, I have to speak to like 19,000 um, Marines and Air Force at like this lift. Oh, wow. Instead of a TEDx, they called it LiftX is their leadership thing. But my talk was the upside down model of leadership. And I feel like one of the only reasons I've been successful, not, you know, one of the reasons I've been successful and protected, I want to say protected is because I, I have one of my things I taught was filet of fish. Like I believe in this filet of fish accountability as a leader, because when you do something on your own, you could talk yourself into anything. And if you're strong, right? Yeah. A lot, you could be manipulative and you could talk anybody into anything. Yeah. So for me, my whole, I almost like another um, piece of that is to have a personal board of advisors that are invested in your mind, body, spirit. And so for me, on one of my organizations that I run now, my entire board of directors, they're like who I fully a fish to. They know me emotionally. They know me spiritually. They know me inside out. One of the things with everything I've run, we built into our organizations, self-care. Like we pay for a self-care basic policy for people. We pay for inner healing appointments, trauma clearing appointments, because I don't even think we realize, especially in the work, you know, I worked in the sex trafficking field. Yes. Oh, sticks to you. It jumps off. Yeah. If you had it buried here, it's no longer buried and you're back in trauma and things are coming up. So I believe every person, and that's why now what I'm rolling out is that for every woman, like that level of healing. But I think it's vital. I mean, I when I was working in advertising in Chicago, every Sunday night, I had a stomach ache. I was sick. I would call in sick. Because I was so mentally stressed. I was in a job that wasn't good for me around people that were toxic, eating the wrong garbage that didn't work with my body. <laughs> yeah. And it's one thing. I think it's all one thing. And if you come into agreement in your head with sickness, you're going to feel more sick. You're going to, you know, and if you're not praying and saying, okay, God, you know, I'm not going to come into agreement with this one. I think it's a, it's a slope. And I think some people think that sounds crazy, but I think it's real. It's real. Absolutely. Those are great examples. And I love all of those opportunities that you, ha your people have to get that help because every, every place, every board, every yeah. place should, I know. how much healthier would we be right. as organizations, as a country, as a culture, yeah. if we embrace that? I mean, I was talking to an insurance, you know, there's a, a Christian insurance thing called MediShare. Yeah. Who cover any mental health. I'm like, the Christian world should be leading this because absolutely, yeah. I mean, secrets that make us sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. It, yeah. Secrets and the burdens that come with them. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. It's, it's going to have an effect. Thank you. That's, that's awesome. Maybe that's, let's put that out there to the world. Like, people, add this to your, your wellness plans. Okay. So, taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health, how does that tie in for you? 
So I'm on this new journey that uh, is more about my physical health because uh, I'm in my 60s and uh, my parents passed of Alzheimer's, both of them. Mm -hmm. And so I tended to lean towards my emotional and mental health and my brain. Yes. Uh, As my granddaughter and grandson, well, my grandson started the slogan. Every time he says something smart and we go, oh, wow, that's great. He goes, it's the brain. (laughs) And and I've taken that on as a mantra. But um, my physical health was really not good. Yeah. I was pre-diabetic and all of these things. So what I did was I wrapped my physical health and emotional health together. Mm. Because as we all know, there's the mind-body connection. Absolutely. And I like to say the mind-body-soul connection or heart. Yes. Yep. Yep. And what I started to recognize was that I was not eating well. And that not eating well was affecting my emotions and affecting my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not exercising. And I went to see a new doctor, a holistic doctor. She's she's a Western doctor, has all of the qualifications and credentials. Mm-hmm. But she said. She said. Um, yeah, you're really overweight. You know, she was just really frank with me, she says. Yeah. And you need to do something about it. My neurologist said to me, you need to do something radical. Mm. You need to do something radical. And my son had just moved back with us after COVID. He was, well, during COVID, he was worried about us and sure. so moved in with us. And the funny thing is, is he's a, veg- he's a vegan. Mm. Well, lo and behold, 10 months later, my husband and I are now vegans. We bought a home that has a huge vegetable garden. Mm. And so we're now suburban farmers. <laughs> I love it. And so I would encourage your audience, Melissa, if they learn nothing more, that the body and the mind and the heart are all connected. Yes. You take care of one, you're taking care of the other. Yeah. And be and just be patient with yourself and be incremental. You're not going to be perfect at it all. I mean. Sure. The American society expects so much of us. Yes. It's a high demand culture. It really is. And it's a boom, 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 fast. Do it now. We're very productive, production oriented. Yes. But you can understand because we came from the industrial revolution. Sure. So we moved that those mechanics into real life. Into everything we do. Right. Yeah. So, um, let me look at that question again. Um, I would I would say that uh, think about how you're feeling as you're exercising. Mm. Think about how you're feeling as you're cooking good food. Mm-hmm. Think about how you're feeling as you're, you know, sitting down with your son or daughter talking, you know, talking about them getting ready for college. Yeah. All of those make us, you know, and think about what is your purpose? Yes. Yes. What is your purpose? Your purpose for uh, for human beings, our purpose is survival. Yeah. Survival. And then you get to come up with the other purposes of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, though, what we with the production piece, we've gotten so into the survival piece that it's been all we do and we don't actually thrive, you know, and you talked, that was so beautifully said what you said about the mind, body, soul connection, because it matters what we put in our bodies. It matters how we're feeling. It matters that we process our emotions fully without feeling inhibited, without feeling shorted. It, Mm -hmm. it, all those things, it matters our relationships and if they're healthy and if we've whether they're toxic, not toxic, whether we've got people speaking into us that are that are building us up and, and supporting us, being honest with us, being authentic. I'm not talking about tiptoeing around, but 
but are about our values and the things that we're about, those all are connected and they're all one piece. And I love that you talked about how that connection and getting with medical professionals that believe that too. Because it, 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 I think we're learning more and more. I mean, I, I, you know, I talk about in my intro episode of this podcast, how that all became so clear to me when I got here two years ago, the things that were happening in my body that were tied to the trauma that I'd never dealt with. But mm. I started speaking into through writing my story and her story. And that definitely helped and op- kind of opened the bottle, so to speak. But then uh, I, I, you know, I had to fully address all of that and get into that and dive into that. And, and you're doing that now. So thank you. All right. Um, taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. What has been your experience? Because I have learned that those things are connected. If you are not taking care of that. And I, that, I know that's not something that's talked about amongst women. And it's definitely not something that's talked about amongst Black women because there's so much asked generationally all the time of black women and upholding communities and that it, the emotional toll shows up. The stats are out there. The stats show in breast cancer, in heart situations, you know, health for black women versus white women and other women, it's higher. And I have to believe it has to do with the emotional toll. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on that. Yeah. So I understand like, you know, being a woman, how hard it can be sometimes and the emotional toll um, and how it's like interconnected with physical and mental. And I think a lot of people like separate the two or just kind of disregard like the emotional factor and the emotional tolls that go on. But I definitely see it within the community. It's I feel like it's gotten a lot better um, than how it has like historically and in the past, but it's just, I guess, something that we almost have to deal with. And I guess, you know, there's a lot of times where it's like this, like uh, myth of like being the angry black woman or um, being too soft. And I think times where it's like, there was like people that want to be seen as like this angry woman, like that was almost like worse than actually having that. Cause it's like, you can like display that anger. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're acting on it, but you know, people also have emotions that can be soft and they can also be angry. But when we just disregard like those feelings of discomfort and anger and sadness, it, it does nothing to help. So it's, it's better now that I see a lot of women that are like, yeah, I'm still this angry woman. I'm so mad because then it's like, you almost get like run over and pushed to the side and it's like your feelings get disregarded. And I think there's like a big misconception that a lot of men, like they're like, they don't really have emotions and, it's women that have more emotions, but I feel like sometimes it's, it's almost the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's almost like they're, they have the same issues as well. It's just, they don't display it the same way or they keep it bottled up, which is, I mean, it's just going to be worse for us because we don't have the same like access to healthcare. Um, and a lot of women are disregarded when it comes to, you know, feelings and emotions, especially in, you know, hospitals, clinics around doctors. So, it, I mean, it's just worse for us because then it's like the after effect. It doesn't come out the same if we were, no. you know, seen as men. So it's. Yeah. yeah. And that's a very good point. And, it, and it's not good for anybody because yeah. the, the expectations that have been put into play or at the, the culture and the all of all of these pieces, racism, all these pieces have put into play aren't healthy for either because the men feel like they can't. So they bottle up and it shows up in different ways. The women feel like they're not heard. And so their frustration and it, it, it manifests itself. It manifests itself in our physical health. There's got to be a way to work these things out, work them through our body, feel heard. And in, in the process of that, I love that you mentioned the nap ministry earlier because that's making space to rest because I think it feels like we have to fight this 24 seven or nothing will ever get done. But that, but you can't operate like that for very long. You burn out and it, and it takes a toll on your physical health. So I love that that, that came up um, with that piece and, and just talking about these things more. There's a whole other initiative through the Loveland Foundation where they pay for mental health specifically for black women through the fundraising that's done with that. And just talking about these things more because to be fresh for the battle and to be the best we can be, you've got to, the self-care has to go into place because 
again, so many statistics out there. And I mean, we're talking about it, it but it's, you know, it, it's got, I don't have to tell you, it's got a long way to go, but we've got to continue this conversation. And there's got to be more platforms for this to be like, no, this is, this is how we're going to be the most effective and getting, you know, the medical facilities and the care to be realized. Okay. Everybody needs to get on board here you know, because you're right now you're just enabling and contributing to the problem. Um, but I'm glad that we're starting to at least have the conversations and at least, and hopefully putting tools into place that yes, you feel empowered to do the things that you need to do for your, for your own self or your own best interest. Yeah. And I think that relates to a lot of like burnout too. It's like people mm. feel this need to like continue working. And I think with COVID, like they're saying like, this is a time for you to start your business. This is a time to do all of this. And people are just feeling burnout and overworked, even though there was less going on. So it was... Yeah. All right. Taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. And I think that's something we're starting to have a lot more conversations about. There's no secret that it takes a toll. Um, Talk to me about your journey with that. Wow. I have definitely had a unforgettable journey when it come, when it came to my mental health, because I suffered with depression and anxiety for three years. Mm. And, um, You know, the Lord delivered me from all of that in 2019. Mm. And because I was in that dark place, that is my motivation Mm. to stay mentally healthy now Mm -hmm. because I, my, my, my first marriage, I actually was a preacher's wife Mm. and you know, any of my preacher wives out there that's listening to me or anybody that's in a ministerial staff, you know, a wife of a minister, you know that we have to wear a plastic smile often. Yeah. You know, we cannot show how we really feel because all eyes are on us. Mm-hmm. We are constantly in the public eye when when our spouse is up preaching or saying some type of, um, uh, you know, message or anything like that people naturally look at the wife to see what the wife looks like and everything like that. So no matter what goes on at home, um, you know, you cannot reflect that. You cannot show that because you're in leadership oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So I ended up housing all of the stress that I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. And because I was also in an abusive relationship with that marriage Mm -hmm. and the, the, the irony of that, yeah, I'm married to a preacher, but the preacher that I'm married to was physically abusive to me. And so having to carry that weight, yeah. but still show that plastic smile in front of everybody. So yeah. I, I've mass, I ended up ma- mastering it mm-hmm. because you don't want you, you want to still protect your spouse because of the leadership role that he's in. And so that caused a lot of damage that I didn't even know was happening over yeah. the years. Yeah. And so as I was housing that year after year after year, I realized, you know, my health start to fail me. Yeah. Because our bodies are not built to house stress. No. And we have to always have an outlet for that. Yeah. And I housed it so much that rheumatoid arthritis set in. Wow. And that's one thing that they'll tell you, uh, experts will tell you that rheumatoid arthritis, one cause of rheumatoid arthritis is due to housing stress. Wow. And, and I deal with rheumatoid to this day, rheumatoid arthritis to this day. So this is basically, I, I had to give you that backstory because, yeah. because I lived through all of that Absolutely. and I endured the depression and the anxiety and finally it just all broke. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I had to deal with all of that. And once I got better and I got well, I knew learning from a heart, you know, yeah, I learned in the hard way. I knew that I could not allow myself to get to that place again. Yeah. And so that's why I'm so motivated 
mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm pouring into myself. I'm investing in myself with positive affirmations every day or read, you know, like I was talking about reading inspirational word, um, word of God, praying, listening to inspirational music, because all of that mm-hmm. plays a part in self-care and helping with the health, mental health, and then also the physical with the eating because of the rheumatoid arthritis that affect, you know, I stay inflamed. And so Mm -hmm. I transitioned, I put myself on a 30 day vegan challenge. Wow. (laughs) So yeah, believe it. Can you believe that? I, I challenged myself this past month to be vegan for 30 days Mm -hmm. and wow. Don't knock it until you try it. At first, it's like, how can I live without meat? How can I live without dairy? But as you do something more and more, it becomes easier. And so I needed that. And so now I feel more energized. I don't feel, you know, sluggish after I eat something. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very fulfilling, but it's it's comforting to my health and everything. And so... I think it definitely goes hand in hand. Mental definitely goes with physical. You can't do one without the other. Um, Absolutely not. Diet is important. And so all of those things play a part in being able to be healthy, both mentally and physically. Yeah. And so, yes. Thank you so much for your authenticity on that, because I'm, I, I can, I'm telling you right now, and you know this too, you are not alone. There are other women out there in this very, very situation. And thank you for your words and for your journey on that. And know that there's, there's a way out and it's okay yes. to put yourself first. And it's, and it's important. And, and, Thank you. I'm just, I'm almost speechless because I just appreciate your authenticity and I can relate to the vegan piece. I have a daughter who has an autoimmune disorder. She went vegan. She cleaned up her diet. She spent about a two to three year period focusing on her mental health. She got into some good counseling. She, she did all, you know, she put all these things into play because I think we all have to find what works for us. You have found an avenue that works for you. You have continued to rely on your faith. You have filled yourself up. You know what works for you. You've looked at your diet. You continue to, to, you know, how can I best feed myself to be the best version of me that I was created to be? And she did the same thing and she was able to, you know, she had a doctor and this isn't going to happen to everybody. I don't want to put a false hope out there, but she was able to go back to a doctor's appointment last year where she had no autoimmune deficiency showing up. That is awesome. Yeah, it was that is absolutely amazing. But, yes. but it took that commitment. It took that. I'm going to do this. I, I matter and I'm valuable and I'm important enough to do this. So yes, thank you. yes. Yeah. I thank you so much for sharing that because I know that I mean, from a vulnerable place. Absolutely. And I I think that, you know, so much more will be positively affected when you focus on your mental and your diet and your physical, because oftentimes we, you know, we're stuck with having to take prescriptions for different things. And if you just transition to a healthier type of diet, mm-hmm. then you'd be surprised you'll do away with all those prescriptions yeah. and don't have to live on prescriptions. And so why not? It's definitely yeah. will make you better yeah. than worse. Yeah. And so I, I just want to encourage all the listeners out there, you know, challenge yourself, challenge yeah. yourself 30 days to eat a healthy diet, whatever that looks like for you, yeah. you know, and you, I'll guarantee you will feel better, you yeah. know, and then before you know it, it'll turn into not a diet, but a way of life. Yeah. And yeah. That's what you want. You want it to be a way of life. Absolutely. And food can be medicine. I mean, that was, you know, when you think about without, you know, 200, 300, hundred thousand years ago, there weren't all these prescriptions, you know, right. you know, the, and so it so much goes into just the movement, processing emotions, healthy, physical diet, you know, healthy, just filling your body up with the right kinds of things. Yes. Taking care of our emotional health as well as our physical health. Well, that's, that's how we got here. I mean, me 
talking about this relationship that was harmful and the secret that I kept it from some people um, throughout the years and how other people in my life made me feel about it when I did talk to them about it and and the, and what that's done to me um, in terms of um, codependent relationships, trust issues, intimacy issues that have, have affected my own marriage, how I feel about myself, what I feel like is quote unquote appropriate and not appropriate um, based on some misguided teachings that I received growing up in the Mormon church about sex and how it was talked about um, all those things. And so for, in order for me to heal in all of those areas, um, I knew that I had to call this what it was, put it out there, open it up, talk to people about it that I had never told the whole truth to before so that I wasn't carrying that secret or that partial truth. Now they, you know, may or may not have be surprised to hear this is how this relationship was. Um, but I specifically never told them certain parts of it because I was worried about what they would, would think of me. Um, and so carrying that around any kind of, like I said, any kind of secret, if you don't expose it, if you don't bring light to it, if you're not speaking the whole truth, it's you're carrying it in your body and it's going to show up in all kinds of different ways. And in the other, and it showed up in mean all the ways I mentioned before, plus anxiety. So this was very clearly something, even with all the healing that I've done over the last two years, this is very clearly something that was still affecting me. And so again, people, if you've got, you know, if you want to have full, health, holistic health, you cannot carry anything that mm, that's too hard to deal with. It's going to affect you. You cannot be fully emotionally healthy until you're honest and authentic about your story, about what's happened to you, about who you are. Um, it just, it just won't happen. And they're absolutely tied together. That's why I ended up in the ER two years ago. Like I talk about in the first episode, um, and, as much as I tried to dance around this one, it, it just became clear over the last few weeks that this was one. I was another boulder. I was going to have to move to have that full emotional and physical health. Taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. How do you navigate that? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, for me, the like the running or the, you know, all of that. And then because because I'm getting older <laughs> and the knee injury, I have to stretch a lot, too. So yeah, I, so I, I, I try hear to you. do yeah, cardio and flexibility every yeah. every day, you know, um, and then I'm a I, yeah, I think it's so important. I mean, I, I tend to be a pretty healthy eater most of the time, and I think it makes a huge difference on how you eat and, and getting exercise, it all affects my emotional, my, I mean, the physical affects my emotional for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Partly because if I'm not sleeping, right. I'm in a pretty bad, it's, all, it's, it's all, it's all downhill <laughs> yeah. from there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. But also when you're, you know, like if you don't eat well and your stomach hurt, I mean, none of that yeah. is fun. So no, it's um, all connected. It, it is. And even how you feed your how you feed your body, how you feed your yes. mind. You talked about, you know, earlier in talking about how you had your quiet time and you're right. I mean, mm -hmm. it's all right. connected. And I think that we, we are hearing more acceptance about that over the last 10 to 15 years, but there's mm -hmm. been so many years where I think people treated them as two separate entities. It's like, right. You know, these yeah. All, yeah. These all it's matter. All connected. Thank you so much for that. Okay. Taking care of our emotional health as much as our physical health. Um, I would say based on my experience, very connected. Like if one's not being dealt with well or at all or in a not a healthy way, I feel it in my body. How about you? How does that work for you? Because you're younger than that. So maybe he hasn't caught you yet. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I know when I have taking care of myself and I'm in a good place. I'm a better wife. I'm a better mother. I'm a better friend. I feel better. I have more energy. Really getting all of those things to align is huge. Now it takes a lot of work and effort on my part to get me to that place. Mm -hmm. And I have to have, you know, a team of people behind me supporting me to get me to that place. I mean, sure. we have a nanny who comes to our house three days a week and God bless her. She is a lifesaver because that gives me space to help 
take care of the things that I need, take care of myself, Mm -hmm. you know, manage the house and taking care of the things here at the house. Um, I have a little bit of like OCD in the fact that if I I don't feel like the house is picked up, I feel overwhelmed and like Mm -hmm. disorganized and, you know, it's just a big downhill spiral from there. So knowing that I need those things to feel taken care of in my life and allowing myself to have someone come in a few days a weekend to help me. Yeah. Really is what does it all. I mean, I had a conversation with one of my girlfriends. I don't know. It's been a little while, but about how women are so uh, reluctant to ask for help. Yes. We we want people to think we can do it on our own. We don't need help. I don't want someone to think that I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And then I go through this insane amount of work to try to prove that I can do it, but it doesn't actually make me happy in the end because I made myself miserable trying to do it. Yeah. And And, exhausted. And exhausted. Right. And I probably didn't do it as well as I could have had I just asked someone for help. I think that I was trying to like, I had a new baby and preschool needed birthday treats and I made birthday treats. And instead of like calling my mom or my friend and saying, Hey, can you hold the baby for 20 minutes while I run over to Jack's school and drop off birthday treats? I insisted on taking the baby, loading all the stuff in loading. And I mean, I just thought this was so silly. Yeah. Why did I need to prove that I could take care of my baby and provide whatever Jack needed in that moment at the same time? And I think it was a really pivotal moment for me when I realized ask for help. Yes. You have so many people who want to help you. Yes. I mean, there are not that many people who are going to turn down 20 minutes with a brand new baby to like no. snuggle Why I run to Jack's school. <laughs> but in my mind, I wasn't capable. I wasn't a good enough mother if I couldn't juggle all of those balls at the same time. Yeah. Really like stepping back and being like, this is so stupid. I just yeah. exhausted myself. My yeah. baby's screaming. I spilt treats. And so I, I, it could have been so much easier, but I made it harder on myself because of this idea that I put in my own head of what it needed to be. Yeah. Put it in your own head. But I think the culture has put that in our heads as women. It's yes. this model of women of like, this is what it looks like to do it all. And this mm-hmm. is what it looks like. And I love your, I appreciate your honesty and your authenticity in saying no, because I think so many more of us, I wish I would, I look back at my space and time when my kids were your age and we were in that mode. I'm like, mm, man, you know, an investment I would have made is having someone come in and clean the house. Mm-hmm. You know, even just once a month, just yeah. to like, cause I wasn't getting to it more than once a month anyway, right. <laughs> right? you know, but just, but that releasing that, that need to be this superwoman thing, this right. complex, and there's just expectations that are put on that. I think we have to start, I start calling, no, no, we're not going to do that. And yeah. that's, and it, the joke is really, I say, I've said this in different ways through different episodes, but the joke's kind of on the culture because you're not getting the best of us when we're trying mm-hmm. to do all those things. Right. Um, yeah. Cause we don't, we're not giving, you're not getting our best effort. You're getting a half effort because we're just trying to keep up. So yeah. Yes. I, I love that you recognize that. And you're going to look back on this time when you're going to be healthier and two, you, you know, your kids are going to have the kids remember all these, you know, things okay. and they, and they remember what we model. Cause we can say one thing and model another, and your kids are going to see, you know, a mom that, that took the time to do these things so that she could have space for herself to be a rest person. They're going to see parents that love each other that took the time. That's going to be, that's just such good stuff. Thank you so much for that. All right. Taking care of our emotional health as what, as much as our physical health, how has that worked for you? Because with all of these different things and transitions and changes, you know, from the time you were, you know, the kids were young and you were teaching all the way through all these transitions. Now, um, how do you see that? as a connect point. I know that's been a big connect point for me. How does that, what's your journey with that look like? Well, I try not to have any expectations, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a huge one because when you have expectations, you will, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. I mean, um, over here, I've learned that lesson, you know, um, we've learned to improvise in many situations because we can't always find what we're looking for. For example, if you, you know, in the U.S., you can go to Target and you say, well, let's say, let me go back a little bit. You okay. can say, OK, I want to bake this and I want this certain brand of cream cheese and I know I'm going to find it. I'm going to go to Target and get it. And most of the time you will find it. Yeah, I would say 
99% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Very rare. But over here, that's a different story. You know, you're not always going to find ingredients for what you're looking for. So you learn to be, you learn to improvise, mm. you know, and you learn to just, um, you know, adjust and not have expectations because if you do have those expectations, you will experience that disappointment. Yeah. So for me, it's just going with the flow and patience is a virtue. And we've just, I've just learned to not have those expectations and enjoying the moment, Mm. enjoying the moment as it comes Mm. and just seeing beauty in everything that we see and that we do. And, um, and just counting our blessings, you know, that, that is huge, you know, and cause we all, you know, gratitude is huge, you know, just expressing and being thankful for everything we have is, is a huge component for that self-care and emotional being. Well, yeah. And just your mental approach when you have that is, is so Mm -hmm. different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that really does help. I, I think that's, that's huge. Yeah. Talk to me about taking care of your emotional health as well as your physical health and how those tie together. Because again, like we Mm -hmm. talked about earlier, that's a very important piece for you because you are in places that can really take a toll on both of those things. So what, how do you work that in? Well, first I have to tell you that I'm an avid gardener. Mm. I, I garden year round. Okay. So I just got through my summer. Now I'm going into my fall and winter gardening and growing vegetables. And it's so meditative. That's Ah. for me is so important. And, you know, the time that I spend with my husband and daughter are so, so valuable. My daughter doesn't live in Lubbock, but when she comes to Lubbock, I mean, I take full advantage of that. We spend a lot of time outside in our backyard. Mm. And I even had one of my neighbors built a, a, an outdoor fireplace for me. So as I'm meditating and praying, I turn on my fireplace, even in the summer after he built it, I was turning <laughs> on the fire just because it's just, it adds to that momentum of living. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think it's important, you know, this is kind of crazy, but because we live in such a loud world, I love silence. Silence mm-hmm. helps me to sustain my mental health. As I grow older, I've also grown in the, in the, portion of also recognizing that sometimes being silent and not always giving my views on certain subjects is also very important to my my mental wellness and and my health because you know I think you got to choose your battles carefully yeah but you know I pray that when people hear me speak they know that I'm speaking for a reason and not just to be heard Right. I just make a noise. There's purpose behind it. Exactly. There's purpose. And and I want to create dialogue that sometimes people don't realize, but you know, I have to do it pretty frequently. Yeah. Well, I think that you speak to something so important that taking the time to quiet your mind and just collect yourself and calm everything so you can hear the new things or the fresh things, or even like the things that you've missed. I know that's how it works for me. If I just sit yeah. down and quiet, then all of a sudden those things that I haven't had a chance to process, right? all of a sudden I've, I've made room for that. And or it even gives you clarity. Exactly. You know? A lot of clarity. So absolutely. Although my husband is very loud, he gets very <laughs> excited about life. And about 8.30 PM, I'm like, I'm hearing this and I want to hear <laughs> we are winding down <laughs> yep. and he's he's still going and I'm like you know he doesn't wake up at four in the morning but I mean I get so much done at that time because I have yeah. silence and I have clarity yeah and it just makes it gets my creative uh, juices flowing and and unfortunately I get a lot of ideals and I'm like no no more projects <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough boundary there. No, no right. more right now. I think too, another thing that you haven't, that you've spoke to is you get your sleep. Like you, you are disciplined. You are in yes. bed at nine 30 because you know that you've got to have the energy for the day and we cannot underestimate the power of a good night's sleep. Exactly. I, and, and this is crazy, but sleep is so essential for, for a brain and yeah just for well-being. So I sleep, I take a lot of priority in that. And unfortunately, you know, I, it's crazy, but I think with, with the, the 
day turning darker earlier. Sure. My body clock has started modifying. So I've been waking up at 3, 30, 45. I'm like, no, not yet. Not yet. It's not time for that yet. But, you know, I sometimes I'll just lay in bed and just wait and let my thoughts start going on their own. And, you know, at at one time I said, okay, I'm going to dedicate my first minute to prayer. Mm. And it seems so easy, but then life kind of just takes over. Yeah. And um, so I realized that wasn't possible, but, you know, I get that sleep and it's so important and it just makes me feel really good. And so I'm ready for the day. And unfortunately, you know, like I told you, opposites attract. My husband is completely (laughs) opposite of me and he is not a morning person. And I always tell him, let's go walking. Let's go eat breakfast. Let's go have coffee. Or I finally just stopped waiting for, for him or anybody else. I'm like, it's gotta be about Christy. Yeah. And so, and that's okay. Cause you need that time too. Yeah. So I, I go out there and I, like I said, I, I've been utilizing my, my fireplace a lot. And yeah, I have this amazing wind chime that mm. I, my, I have a, a very tall pine tree in my backyard that I've got to show it to you one day, but it's so beautiful. It has ripples. It's one of the tallest trees in Lubbock. I was going to say to have a pine tree in your yard in Lubbock. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and the best part is we have about a four and a half foot wind chime has the perfect sound so as the wind is blowing through that tree and and i mean i just love the mornings and the funny thing is i always tell my husband i wake the birds they don't wake me up <laughs> i'm not I waiting for the rooster <laughs> so but i just love to you know, enjoy the sky in the morning, yeah. the fresh country breeze, the the sound of the birds and and, and the city waking up. Yeah. Know, oh, I like that. Sound. It really is a great sound. And and then when it gets too loud, I go back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that though. And I love this. I have a great memory as a kid. My grandma had wind chimes and just that peaceful sound of faintness, but just kind of blowing through. I love that. I always, whenever I, somebody says wind chimes, that comes back to me. It's always such a good oh, yeah. memory, but I think to just having that time to yourself and it's, and I understand living, I'm we're, we're the opposite. I'm the non-morning person and Brady's the morning <laughs> person. And so, um, so I empathize with Frank completely and Brady, <laughs> you would be great friends. <laughs> All right. Um, wants to go have breakfast or drink. I, I will let him know. I will let him know. Come back again.